Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
of a three-part lesson showing you how God always has a plan. We never know what the workings of God is. He doesn't tell us. He just told us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. His mother called him Jesus. This is all about this one person. His name is Jesus, the one in whom is eternal life. Amen. The one who died on the cross for us. Amen. For the whole human race. He took on our sin. He became sin for our sake and gave us his glory, his mercy, his kindness, and his love. He could have came down off that cross and said, forget it, but he didn't. He went through the whole thing. He became sin who knew no sin for our sake. Amen. Hallelujah. He took on the sins of the world. Now, that's a big burden, y'all. But I'm trying to let you know how we got there and what's the end of it going to be. And that's what these three lessons are about. We compacted them. Um, I'd love to sit down and write a book on the whole thing. It's an amazing story. I mean, truly an amazing story. But today, and if my voice sounds a little cracky, it's because I have my door open. It's too cool for the air conditioning. So I have the door open, and ragweed is out there. And me and ragweed do not get along together. God bless ragweed. Amen. But the Bible says ragweed had no power over me. That's why my voice is just cracking and not gone. But ragweed will take my voice completely away. But it's cracking. So you know what? We're going to go on with it anyway. But the topic today, we're going to come to Sister Stephanie to have her to give you the topic of the day. It all works together. David's side of the story. It all works together. David's side of the story. Now, we've come to you with Joseph's side of the story. We've come to you with Moses' side of the story. Now, it is David's time. But let's kind of rewind a little bit. The whole thing started with a man called Abram, whom God called. Now, Abram was a descendant of Noah. And we all know the story of Noah. God looked at the world and repented him that he made man, and he destroyed the world, everybody but Noah and his family. And on down the line, Abram came from Noah, and God spoke to Abram and told him to leave his family, leave his kindred, and go to a place that he, God, would show him. And Abram obeyed. Now, let's jump forward. Abram, who God changed his name to Abraham, had a son at a hundred and some years old. His wife, Sarai, was her name, but God changed it to Sarah, was 99 years old. Now, you know when God does something like that, God has a major plan. A hundred and some year old man and a 99-year-old woman conceived a child. Mm. And they called him Isaac. Isaac grew up, got married, and, you know, we skipped some parts, but it's Sunday morning, y'all, and I don't want to stay here for two hours. And I know you don't want to listen for two hours. So we're going to give you, skip some parts of it, 
But I want you to go back into your Bible and read it. Um, I don't know if we're going to have PDF notes or not, but if so, you can download them. But go to your Bible and read these things and learn for yourself. I can tell you the story, and it will be enjoyable. But you need to get this stuff in you so that you will know why you are and why things are the way they are and why you need to be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. But let us go back to the story. We stopped off at Isaac, the son that Abraham and Sarah had. Now, Isaac conceived two children. Abraham sent his servant out, I believe his name was Eleazar, to find a wife who was of the kindred of Abraham. He didn't want an Ethiopian or Canaanite or anything like that. It had to be someone in his bloodline, but down in his bloodline. Amen. So he sent Eleazar out, and Eleazar found this woman whose name was Rebecca. Rebecca proved herself to be a loyal woman at that time. And long story short, Rebecca ended up marrying Isaac. Isaac and Abraham, Isaac and Rebecca had two twins, Jacob and Esau. Jacob was born last. Esau was born first. But in Rebecca's womb, there was a war the whole time she carried those children. One tried to pull the other back so it could get out first, but it didn't work. So Esau ended up being born first. First, and Jacob was born last. Jacob was the baby boy. Esau was the oldest because he came out of his mother's womb first. All right, let's jump ahead. Jacob and Esau, we know the story. They were at odds with one another all the time. Esau did not appreciate the fact that he was the oldest. Therefore, he had a birthright coming from his father, a blessing coming from his father because he was the oldest son. But Esau did not respect that. Esau made a horrible mistake because he did not respect the traditions of our fathers. The traditions were the son Firstborn son got the blessing, got the best blessing. But Esau did not care about that. Esau came out of the field one day, hot, tired, and sweaty. He saw his brother Joseph, who was Mama's boy. Joseph stayed with Mama. He wasn't out there in the field. See, Esau was reddish, ruddy, red hair, a man's man. He was one of those kind that came into your house, ooh, ooh. you know, I can't do it because my throat is, you know, off today. But Jacob was the kind who would go and say, Mama, what? how can I help you in the kitchen today? He was still a man's man, but he stayed up under Mama all the time. Amen? Esau was a man of the field, a man of the land, a real man's type of man, you know. Esau came out of the field one day, hungry as a bear, sweaty, tired, not thinking about any kind of birthright. Jacob had fixed, the Bible said, uh, um, some people say porridge, and Esau smelled it as he was coming. And he told him, brother, I want some of what you cooked. And Jacob said, oh, really? What would you give me for what I've cooked? What would you give me for a bowl of my porridge or my stew? 
And Esau thought about it, and Esau said, I'll give you my birthright. So Jacob, Jacob gave him a bowl of stew or a porridge, whatever it was, and he, there's a scripture in the Bible that says you shall have what you say. You say your words because of who we are are alive, because we're spirit and not flesh. We're not going down that rabbit hole today. We're going to jump forward. So as that happened, Jacob went on, and he told his mother what happened. And they went on and lived their lives. But when the time came for Isaac to die, remember Isaac was Abraham and Sarah's son. When the time came for Isaac to die, Isaac had grown old, made many mistakes, but he had grown old, and it came the time for him to give the blessings out to his two sons, Jacob and Esau, the twins that his wife, Rebecca, had. Now, see, Jacob was always called the trickster. Like I say, Esau was the man-man. But Jacob was kind of sneaky. He was a mama's boy. He knew how to get around to get things from his father. He knew how to he knew how to get around and get things from his mother. You know, he knew how to come up to mom and say, "Mom," or he knew how to go to his dad and say, "Dad." You know, Esau didn't have that gift. Esau just wouldn't took what he wanted or he worked for what he wanted and got it himself. But Jacob was not like that. Jacob was sneaky. But at the time that Isaac was getting ready to die, Rebecca knew that her husband was getting ready to die, so she cooked up a scheme. We're going to get to David in a moment. Hold on. She cooked up a scheme, and the way it ended up, is that she put some animal hair on Jacob's arm because Esau was hairy. Jacob was not. So she put some animal hair on his own, on his arm, because her husband, Isaac, had asked for some food. He was hungry. She knew he was dying. So she went and got Jacob put the skins, the animal skins on his arms so that his arms would feel like Esau's arms. And he went and gave his father's stew. He had to change his name and everything. Like I said, Jacob was sneaky, but he got that sneakiness from his mama. She taught him how to be that way. But long story short, since Esau had given up his birthright, since he had gave a promise to Jacob to tell him that I don't want my birthright. I just want to eat. I'm hungry. So you can have my birthright. Rebecca decided to keep that promise that Esau had made to Jacob. So she made it so that Isaac being blind, did not know who was giving him the food. When the food came to him, he felt his son's arm. He said, well, you feel like Esau, but you smell like Jacob. See, Esau smelled like sweat. He smelled like the field. Jacob smelled like mama and the cooking. But I guess Isaac thought, well, he went in and he fixed me a meal, so that's why he smells like food. So I'm going to eat this. And when I eat it, then I'm going to give him his blessing because he's my firstborn, and I know that I'm getting ready to die. So when he did all of that, he finished the meal, and he said, come closer, my son. He couldn't see him because he was blind or going blind to the point that he couldn't make out one thing from the other. And he gave the blessing to Jacob. 
and he told him that he would be over his other son, his other child. He didn't call any names. He just told him what he was going to get. He told him that you have the firstborn. Because you are my firstborn, that you have the firstborn blessing. When your brother comes in, I want you to call him, and I will give him his blessing. He thought he was talking to Esau when he was really talking to Joseph. I mean, Jacob, I'm sorry. He was really talking to Jacob. So when Jacob went and called Esau, or Rebekah went and got Esau, Jacob had fled because Jacob knew what he had did. Jacob knew that he had been deceptive and had taken the firstborn birthright present. When he came in, Esau came into his father, Isaac, and he said, bless me, father. And his father was shocked. He said, wait a minute, you're Esau. He said, yes, father. He said, well, I thought you just bought me my food. Who just bought me my food? He said, it wasn't me. And, of course, that made Isaac sad because he had just given the firstborn blessing to the wrong son, and it could not be reversed. And when Esau heard that, he was enraged. I mean, his heart was so angry. But Jacob, I'm sorry, Isaac told him, I do have a blessing for you, son. It's not as good as the firstborn blessing, but you will be blessed too. You will be rich. You will have much land. But your people will always be the servants of your brother's people. But you will be wealthy. In other words, you will be filthy rich. Now, see, he did not tell Jacob that. But he told Esau Esau, that you will be rich. You will have many people, many kin, kinship, many children, and you will be blessed. So they were both blessed, but with different blessings. Amen. The firstborn blessing is always the greatest one, but Jacob has stolen, stolen the firstborn blessing. Now, of course, Esau went out to find Jacob, but Jacob had fled. Jacob had actually had to actually flee to another land. But see, the thing about it is because Rebecca caused that. Is that what her name was? Okay. Because Rebecca caused that whole thing. Not only did she lose Esau, but she also lost Jacob because Jacob had to flee from the face of his brother. And Rebecca died and never saw her son again. Down the line, she died. She never saw her favorite son again. But there was enmity between Jacob and Esau, always, even to this day. Because their descendants live until this day. All right, now let's go on to where all of this comes together. Now Jacob went to a whole nother land because he had to flee from Esau. Because if he had been in Esau's face at that time, then Jesus would have never been born. Because Esau was so angry, he would have killed his own father. I mean, after all, Cain slew Abel, remember? Sibling rivalry is called. But Jacob went to another land, and Esau could not find him. And in that land, Jacob met a wife. He worked for a man named Laban. And we're not going down and telling that story today. But he worked for a man named Laban. And he married two of Laban's daughters. From those two daughters came 12 sons. And those 12 sons 
became the 12 tribes of Israel. They're all there from Reuben to Benjamin. Reuben being the oldest, Benjamin being the baby. But in between there, Reuben was the oldest, but Benjamin was the baby. But Benjamin and Joseph had a different mother. Hallelujah. Now listen, Joseph was the one who the brothers hated so bad because Joseph was a braggart. Joseph would have these dreams. He would have these visions. And he was over his brothers. His brothers were bowing down to him. And even his parents were bowing down to him. And they all got mad with him. And the brothers became mad with Joseph, jealous of Joseph. And remember, Joseph is one of Jacob's sons. Jacob had 12 sons. By Laban, who had two daughters, which Jacob married. And between those two women, he had 12 sons. One of them named was Joseph. Amen. Joseph was the one whose brother sold him into slavery. And Joseph ended up in Egypt, not knowing why, not understanding why. He was 17 years old when he was sold into slavery. Hallelujah. His brothers did him wrong. Then they went back home and told Jacob that his favorite son, Joseph, had been killed by an animal. See, Joseph had a coat of many colors that his father had actually made for him. So they took that coat back home, but they took goat blood and put it on it to make Jacob think that the animals had attacked Joseph and killed him. And it broke Jacob's heart. Mm. Now, Jared Jacob was out there without his brother. His father's dead. His mother, he couldn't go and see her because his brother would have killed him. But he had his 12 sons. And he had a favorite son whose name was Joseph. And Joseph had a baby brother because they were by a different wife. Jabez's brother's name was Benjamin. He loved those two boys more than he loved the others because these were by the woman that he really loved, the woman that he loved the most. You know, you can love two women or two men, but you're always going to love more one more than you love the other. There's no equal love there. Amen. You will always love one more than you love the other. Let us go on. Okay. After Joseph was sold into slavery, and he ended up going to prison, but he came out of prison. He was in prison for 13 years. He ended up coming out of prison because Joseph had a gift of the interpretation of dreams. And... Pharaoh had a dream, and he was looking for someone to interpret this dream because the dream troubled him. And he couldn't find anyone in the whole land of Egypt to interpret this dream. Now, there was a baker and a butler in jail with Joseph. They had dreams. That's how they knew that Joseph was an interpreter of dreams. They came out of the prison, and he asked them, when you come out, don't forget me. Tell Pharaoh about me. Tell him that I am in here on a false accusation. Remind him of me. Let him know who I am. And they left out, and for three years, they forgot Joseph. One of them ended up being beheaded. And the other one ended up going back to work for Pharaoh. He's the one that remembered Joseph. And he told Pharaoh about Joseph. 
because nobody in the land could understand the dream that Pharaoh had. Now, we all know how Joseph got in jail. We're not going there. But Joseph had a gift, like I said. And when the young man came up out of the jail, he was not supposed to forget Joseph, but he did. But finally he remembered, and they pulled Joseph out of the prison. And Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And when Pharaoh determined that Joseph was really a man of God, even though Pharaoh did not believe in Joseph's God. But he got a report from the jailer how kind and how honest Joseph was and how he knew or he believed that Joseph should have never been in prison. He got a report from the man who at first forgot Joseph, telling him how kind and honest Joseph was. And Pharaoh heard all of this. So Pharaoh decided to put Joseph over the whole land of Egypt. Nobody was more important in the land of Egypt besides Joseph, except Pharaoh. Pharaoh even gave his signet ring, which is like our, oh, what do we call it? Like your signature. Pharaoh had a ring. Everything, every order that he gave, he would have it put this wax on the letter, on the order, and he would take this signet ring and put it in the wax, and it had his signature or his inscription on it, and that made it legal. He took that ring off of his finger and gave it to Joseph. So literally, Joseph had almost as much power as Pharaoh. All Pharaoh wanted was his food and his comfort. He put the whole country in the under the control of Joseph because he trusted him just that much. Now the time came when a pharaoh of famine came into the land of Egypt and all the land around it. Canaan, Egypt, all of it. And Joseph's father, Jacob, lived in the land of Canaan. And they heard that there was corn in Egypt. See, the brothers never knew where Joseph went. They just knew that some slave traders came by. And they took Joseph. Joseph was sold to them. So they didn't know where Joseph went. They didn't know where on earth Joseph went. But God had a plan. Hallelujah. But when the famine came, Jacob sent his sons down to Egypt because he had heard that Egypt had food. Egypt had corn. Egypt had what they needed. So he sent his sons down to Egypt to buy corn and food and whatever else they needed. Because after all, there was no food in Canaan, and they couldn't starve. So they went down there, and that's how they finally met their brother. Now, going through that whole story, we're going to put the scripture down so that you can go and read it for yourself. That's my favorite story, y'all. I love it. I have read that story time and time again. I can give it to you backwards and forwards. Long story short, they ended up finding out that this Egyptian man who had given them food to help them was actually their long-lost brother that they had did wrong, Joseph. Hallelujah. Joseph was the one who saved Jacob and all his household from starving in that family. Joseph was the one, the one that they sold into slavery, the one that they sold in the pit, the one that they hated so bad, was the one who saved, hallelujah, all of Jacob's household, all of the land of Canaan. Hallelujah. 
Joseph brought them into Egypt with him and put them in the best land there. Hallelujah. The land was called the land of Goshen. Hallelujah. It had plenty of bread. It had plenty of stock, livestock and all of that. There was no famine in Goshen because there was no famine in Egypt. Goshen and Egypt was part of each other. So there was no famine there because Joseph was also over Goshen. Hallelujah. He ended up bringing them all to Egypt. And they survived that seven-year famine. But one day, there came a time when Pharaoh died. And the next Pharaoh that came in knew not Joseph, the Bible said. He didn't know Joseph. He didn't know who Joseph was. I see, Joseph had gotten old and died. Jacob had gotten old and died, and they still live. Hallelujah. Jacob, all 12 of them, live because Jacob found out that Joseph was living. And, of course, Jacob was happy. He was elated, hallelujah, when he found out his son still lived. But it came a time that both Jacob and Joseph died. These were hundreds of years between each other. And there came a new pharaoh who was elected because the old pharaoh had died. The new pharaoh knew not Joseph. He didn't know what Joseph had did. And he had a whole nother room. Now, there was a scripture that Sister Stephanie found. You remember what it was, what it says, uh, and the new pharaoh knew not Joseph. Okay. But the new pharaoh didn't know Joseph or why there was a whole bunch of Hebrews in Egypt. But he did look around, and he called his court together and said, the Hebrews are in our land, and they outnumber us. So we've got to do something about this. Least. Now, I'm using King James Version, y'all. Least they align with our enemy and they take over our whole land. Because it's more of them than, it are, than there are of us. And if they align themselves with our enemy, then we're doomed, y'all. So we got to get rid of them. We got to do stuff. So what they did was make slaves of them. Even though there were more Hebrews than there were Egyptians, they made slaves of them. How? Because the Hebrews had gotten used to being taken care of. They had gotten fat and lazy. And how many of us know that when you get fat and lazy and allow somebody to rule over you? Good Lord. Talking about deep state. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said, but I'm not going to explain that. They allowed the Egyptians to allow to put them into slavery because the Egyptians wanted some things done. So they used the Hebrews to do the menial work. They made slaves of them and didn't pay them. They fed them, but they didn't pay them. After all, they were in a land called Goshen that was prosperous. But they had to go to work. So they worked in Egypt. And Egypt not only used them as farmers, but they also used them to build the pyramids and things. They used them in their kitchens to cook for them. They became slaves for the Egyptians. Hallelujah. Now, let's jump forward. And I'm almost finished, y'all. I promise I'm almost finished. That's the story of Joseph. That's how the Hebrews ended up being slaves of the Egyptians. The Lord saw, and he heard their cry, because they cried out to God. After all, they knew the one true and living God. 
They cried out to God. Hallelujah. See, this was already prophesied by God to Abraham when he told him that Isaac, hallelujah, that Abraham would be the father of many children. Isaac would have children. Isaac's sons would have children. Their sons would have children, and so on and so on and so on. God told Abraham that his children would be as many as the stars in the sky and as many as the grain of sand on the sea. And he was right, because there were many Egyptians. There were many Hebrew people. Amen. And they multiplied, and they continued to multiply. Hallelujah. Now, like I said, that's the story of Joseph. Now we come to the story of Moses, and I'm going to hop, skip, and jump in that Moses was whose child? Moses and Joseph ended up being kin. We didn't know that until we started doing the Bible study. Sister Stephanie and I. I'm sorry. Okay. Who was Amram? Okay, I know. Moses was the great, great, great grandson of Joseph's brother, Levi. Remember, Joseph was one of 12. One of the brothers' names was Levi also. There was Joseph, there was Levi, there was Reuben, there was Gad, there was Benjamin, and there were more. But one of the brothers' names was Levi. And that brother was where Moses came from. Moses was a great, 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 three generations grandson of Levi. Seems strange, doesn't it? Levi was the brother of Joseph. When we read that, we said, hold up now. Oh, wait, boy. Mm. It kind of blows your mind when you read those three stories. But God had a plan. Moses was born, and the Pharaoh at that time, Pharaoh then was like president in the United States or czar in Russia. He was the ruler of the land. So that Pharaoh heard that a child was going to be born who was going to be the the deliverer, who was going to come in and, you know, fix everything. He was going to take over Pharaoh's place. Pharaoh could not have that. There was no, oh, no. There was not going to be anybody in the land greater than Pharaoh. So Pharaoh sent out an order, signed it with his signet ring, and his soldiers began to carry out his order. They killed every baby in the land. That was the order. Every baby two years old and younger, they were to kill them because he was not going to let anybody, any deliverer, come in and deliver the people out of his hands. After all, they were his slaves. They were building his pyramid, and nobody was going to take his place. But how many of us know that God always has a plan? Moses was born, and they kept Moses in the house. Moses was a quiet baby. He didn't cry like most babies. Yeah, we mothers know how babies cry. But he was was a quiet baby. And if you continue to listen, you'll hear why later on. Moses had something going on with his throat. So he was a quiet baby because when it came time for God to send him forward, Moses did not want to do it because he told God, I can't speak. I, you know, I started, I, I can't speak. So there was something going on with that part of Moses. Your story not going into that because that would lead me down a rabbit hole. I wonder, I don't want to get down there and be able to get back out. But Moses was a quiet, quiet baby. 
And he did cry, but cry was very quiet. Even when Pharaoh's daughter found him, she was crying. But it was a very low cry. She barely heard it. But Moses' mom put him in a basket, sealed it with pitch, covered it up, and put him down the Nile River, hoping to save her baby. She didn't understand what she was doing, but that was by the leading of God. Come on, that was Joseph's great, great, great grandson, right? Okay. God had already chosen him generations before he was born to deliver his people out of Egypt. But he had to be born, hallelujah, in the Hebrew land, hallelujah, but he will be raised up in Egypt. In order to understand the Egyptians, hallelujah, he had to be raised under their roof. God had a plan, y'all. Hallelujah. But when he was found, Pharaoh's daughter fell in love. And Moses' sister ran by the shore to make sure. See, in the Nile, you have alligators and all kinds of stuff. And she was going to make sure. I don't know how she was going to fight an alligator, but that's neither here nor there. But she wanted to make sure that that baby was going to get to a safe place. Because, see, he could have went down the Nile to the next village and some more Hebrews found him. But they didn't. He went down the Nile, and it was Pharaoh's daughter who found him, who had no children. She opened up that basket. Rather, she had her handmaidens to bring the basket to her. And uh, she heard the babies cry. And they opened up that basket, and instantly she fell in love with this sweet little baby. She named him Moses because he was found in the water. She took him as her own. But as I said, she saw this young girl about the seashore. Well, about the river, by the river, over the Nile River, where she found him at. And she asked her to go and find somebody who could nurse her baby because after all, she didn't have this baby. So she couldn't nurse him. She had no way to nurse him. She had never had a child, so she had no way to nurse him. She needed someone who had, oh, my goodness, thank you, Jesus. It just, it just dawned on me what happened. The women, she knew that the women had lost their baby. And, you know, when you have a baby, that milk is going to come down. So she asked this young girl to go and find someone who was going to nurse her baby because she knew a lot of women had lost their children because her father had made a rule that said kill every baby two years and under. So she thought there's somebody out there who still has milk in their breast. They're going to nurse my baby. After all, I can give them comfort because they'll nurse my baby, and I will have them to be a nanny to my child. That's the way it happened, y'all. See, God always has a plan. That just jumped in my head. I never thought about that before, but that's what happened. She got someone that she knew could nurse her baby, and she took that baby as her own, gave him another name, had his mother. She didn't know it was his mother to nurse him until he could be weaned off the breast. And then she took that child and she raised it as her own. Of course, Moses' mother went back. She had already nursed the child. She knew her child was safe. She would miss her child, but she knew he was safe, and she knew that he had more than she could ever give him. So Moses was raised (laughs) under the palace, in the palace of Pharaoh, the one who wanted to kill him. 
the, the, the one who said, nobody's going to take my place. And I already had the person, the man, the child, under his roof. And he was feeding him and clothing him. His daughter was anyway. He was being educated under his roof. Hallelujah. The one that he said, one of the Hebrew children that he said, that he tried to kill, that he said would never take his place. God made it so. He raised him up. He took care of him. Moses was raised in the ways of the Egyptians. Hallelujah. He knew everything. Hallelujah. He had great education. Moses had a Princeton education, what we would call Princeton or Harvard education today. That's what we would call Princeton or Harvard or Harvard or some of the greatest schools out there. You know, he had that type of education. He didn't wear the clothes of the Hebrews. Moses wore designer clothes. Moses' skin was soft because he was one of the ones who was able to take baths and goat milk and all of that kind of stuff. And he had the best of everything. After all, he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. But one day, Moses found out who he really was. And when he did, it didn't make him sad. Because he knew somewhere in his heart that he was a little different from the people around him. Nobody ever told him everything, anything, because he thought, really, that he was Pharaoh's daughter. But somewhere in him, there was an innate feeling in him that knew that he was a little bit different. So when he found out that he was really an Egyptian, something clicked in him. Now, yeah, he continues to stay with Pharaoh, didn't say anything to Pharaoh's daughter about it right then. But eventually he did. He went to her and asked her, and she confessed. And Moses went out to try to find his people. He went and he wanted to get to know his people. Because after all, right now, he's in no danger. After all, he's Pharaoh's daughter's son. Pharaoh is old. But Pharaoh really does not care. Amen. Hallelujah. So Moses went out to talk to his Egyptian brothers and sisters and things. And he found out he had a brother called Aaron. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let us get on with the story because I don't know how much time I have left. Eight minutes? Okay. Now, God called Moses to be the deliverer of the Hebrew people. <laughs> this boy who was raised up as an Egyptian, in the Egyptian ways, he called this boy, who was really a Hebrew, to deliver the Hebrew people. But see, Moses jumped out too fast, ended up killing an Egyptian who was beating on a Hebrew man, and ended up fitting spending 40 years in the desert. But God had a plan for that too. Because if he had came out of the palace, the palace was made, or God caused him to live in the palace to keep him safe until the time came for him to be called to be the deliverer. But with him being so quick, fast, and in a hurry, he ended up having to go to the desert to spend 40 years to get all that Egyptian out of him. God had a plan. Hallelujah. We might have to have a part two or part three, y'all. Hallelujah. Let's see how fast we can do this. Now, Moses went out and he had been in the desert 40 years, and we know God called him. He saw a bush on the mountain, and um, the bush was not being burnt up. God called him and told him that he was a deliverer and he needed to get into Egypt as fast as possible. And on the way to Egypt, he met his brother Aaron because God had told Aaron to go and meet his brother. He would meet his brother in the desert. And the two of them went to Pharaoh and kept telling Pharaoh to let my people go, let my people go. Eventually, 
Pharaoh did let his people go. But at the end of it, hallelujah, Pharaoh's heart hardened, and he wouldn't let him go. Pharaoh went behind the Hebrew people that Moses was leading, Moses and Aaron was, Aaron was leading out of Egypt. Hallelujah. Lord have mercy. You know what, y'all? We're going to do part two of this, part two of this part three next week because that's a long story. But I want to do part two of part three next week because we've got how many more minutes?
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.